You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. to the show steady picks radio steadypicks.com tom and ricky were your hosts as always and so much to get to today it's unbelievable we got news and picks we got pga tour the players championship the de facto fifth major in the pga we got the de facto fifth major in tennis as well indian wells main draw gets started today the women's side anyway so I've got a bunch of plays there. I've got a bunch of plays for golf. We've got news around the NFL. Calvin Ridley suspended for an entire year for betting on football. Russell Wilson makes a change. And Aaron Rodgers catches a huge contract. We'll get to all of that and so much more here today we got a second show coming later as well with a with a very cool guest that will that i'm recording or will record later this week or later i'm sorry later this morning that'll go up for golf as well so a lot of golf content for those that are always asking for that thank you so much for your support as always again if you enjoy the show if you enjoy anything that we do here five-star review Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Five-star review. We appreciate it very, very much. You have no idea. It means the world to us. And, of course, sign up at SteadyPicks.com. It's completely free. Everything we have to offer, all free. The show is free. Everything we do, just good educational content to help everybody be a little bit better. Ricky, how are we today? I'm fired up. Let's go. I love to hear you fired up, Tom. I'm on a I'm on a more professional mic for the first time today too. So, up in the game a little bit. Ready to get rolling. Some some big NFL news too, Tom. And Finally. Ricky, I'm excited today, so maybe I didn't talk to you about this beforehand, but maybe we'll talk briefly about our plans. You mentioned the new mic. So, we got to got to elaborate a little bit. We've upgraded some of the equipment for Ricky, unless you, unless you don't want to talk about this, Ricky. No, go ahead. Yeah, so we upgraded some of the equipment. We will be, for March Madness, we will actually be doing a, getting the YouTube channel, Steady Picks on YouTube. Get it rolling. We're going to do a really, really cool March Madness strategy and fun episode where we talk about our brackets. Donnie will be there. I'll be there. Ricky will be there. Big John will even make an appearance. We are going to have so many people uh, popping in, we're get we're collecting videos from um, some guests to play on the show to talk about their brackets, and it is just going to be an absolute blast of a time. Just a fun kickoff to March Madness. Learn a little bit at the beginning, and then just have some fun at the end and share some brackets and maybe even talk about NCAA basketball March Madness Survivor, which I'm excited for this year. But the show is going to be really really fun. We'll post more about it on Instagram and on Twitter, so so follow us there. We'll get all that posted when we have the details figured out, but it should be next Monday is when we're recording it, and then very shortly after, it'll be posted. And can't wait to share that with you. We've been working really, really hard on this, and I just can't wait to show you all what, what we've been working on, the, the little the studio setup that we have now with the, um, a very an awesome backdrop. Like I can't wait for people to see it. It's so cool. Um, got all the mics, everything we need. We got it all set up and 
tested, ready to go. So I'm just couldn't be more happy and excited. Well said, Tom. We're stepping the game up and we're amped up about it. Yeah. Thank you. And it should just be it should be incredible. So I wanted to to put that in the beginning. You mentioned the new mic. That's where that's all coming from. All the, the equipment on your end that we are upgrading. Yeah, hopefully I sound better. I guess I'll find out when this airs, I think, but I think it sounds great. I don't know, a little bit better. It's still, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be no difference. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> no, it definitely is a little different, but it's not like you won't be mind blown. But that's to right. be expected. And when we do the on, you know, on uh, Monday when we're all together, people are gonna be really impressed with how everything just sounds just wonderful. So let's go. Looking forward to that. Okay, let's get into some news. Uh, we'll start with Aaron Rodgers. A potential, or a tentative, I should say, $200 million, four-year, $200 million contract to go back to the Green Bay Packers. Um, and again, if you could stay in front of this stuff, you'd, you'd have some opportunity with the futures board in the NFL. Uh, a lot of people, again, took the Vikings, stuff like that, because they... Thought Aaron Rodgers might not be back, um, but looks like he will be returning for a nice big contract. So that's the least interesting of the news over the last day or two, but big nonetheless. Uh, fifty million a year, Tom. Fifty million a year. My gosh, looks like he's playing four more years. That's all I'll say. Yeah, damn, a lot of money. And you know, I wanted to. People were talking about, you know, what would the odds be for him to win another Super Bowl in those four years? Kind of a thing. Like, a, just a hypothetical kind of a question. I don't know. I mean, the team's not good, Ricky. So the problem with the Packers, and one a little news to go with that, is I think they officially have, you know, they're, they're going to tag Devontae Adams. So sounds good. like Rodgers will have his, his top guy as well. But... They have so many guys that are set to leave, Tom, and they don't have a ton of money, especially with this the spending on Devontae Adams and Rodgers. So, yeah, I mean, I think the team is going to take a hit as a result, unfortunately. And they already weren't very good outside of those two guys. Like, that was that was their reputation. That's why Rodgers was considering leaving because they were pretty horrible with just those two. It will be interesting. It really will. Um, but what that really did, Tom, is it set off this bomb of now all of a sudden the Broncos say, okay, our guy that we wanted is is no longer an option. So what's the next, the next best thing we can do? Russell Wilson. And bam, we get it. We get that deal. They and get, yep. Tom, I want to read you the trade, the full trade, and I want your full thoughts on this. Yep. All right? Okay, let me let me just pull it up so I give you everything. Okay. The Denver Broncos receive Russell Wilson and a fourth-round draft pick. The Seattle Seahawks receive Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. It's a lot. It's a heck of a lot, but you know what? I'm of the mindset in the NFL and in most sports, but especially the NFL, you're either in the haves or the have-nots, and there's no in-between. And the haves is a very small list of teams that have quarterbacks that can get you there, get you to the promised land. And if you don't have one, you better figure out how to get one. And I'm of the mindset that I don't really care what it costs me I want a guy who's going to get me there, right? Like we see it all the time. Think about the Titans this year. You couldn't really in your head paint a better picture for a team that had championship caliber without a quarterback. Like everywhere else you yep. looked on that team, it was championship ready. And you got to the quarterback position. You said, I hope this doesn't hold them back. And what did it do? It held them back. You can do this every year with so many teams. You can look at different 
places and say, yep, that was the quarterback's fault. Yep, that quarterback's just not in the halves and or the you know, they're not in that bucket. And so I believe you go get the guy that puts you in the conversation. I don't care what it costs me. Truthfully, I don't care. For once, Tom, we are going to agree here. Wow. Well, wow. Yeah. And I think you gave a great example with the Tennessee Titans. They were literally Ryan Tannehill's poor play away from knocking the Bengals off. If you remember that playoff game, yep. Ryan Tannehill, he wouldn't win the game. He, he wouldn't win it. And another team, look at the 49ers, you know? Yes, they, another they great example. About as, yeah, about as far as you can go with a, a mediocre QB, as much as I like Garoppolo. But, um, yeah, Tom, I, I just think you nailed it with you got to have your guy. You got to have the QB. And without it, it's going to be really tough to win. And the Broncos got their guy. Simple as that. Look, look at the Rams. They got their guy. They won a Super Bowl. Yep, and you know it's there's no team again, there's just no team that gets there and contends without having a guy. Like when's the last time somebody won the Super Bowl with a quarterback that you didn't feel was very Nick good? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. People felt yeah, that was probably the only one of recent memory that I can remember. But it I think Nick be. Foles played out of his mind. So Oh, he, he definitely did, but you think about just being in that bucket. He's not really in that bucket, but again, it still doesn't it doesn't exclude him from just playing really well. Like, yes, any quarterback could play really well when it matters, but like, eh, I won't really hear that I, argument as much. So anyway, the odds that change, Ricky, I want to share this with you. The Broncos shortened. So first of all, the Packers shortened to ten to one, plus a thousand, ten to one. From what? Uh, they didn't drop that much because, uh, you, like, it was maybe sixteen or so, eighteen, something like that. Maybe sixteen. It's more real. Priced in, Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't totally priced without him. But the Broncos, I don't know what they were before, but they are now twelve to one. To win the Super Bowl. So it goes Bills 750, Chiefs 750, Packers 10 to 1, Rams 11 to 1, Bengals 12 to 1, which is busted. That's a horrible number for the Bengals. Broncos 12 to 1, and then Cowboys Niners 14 to 1. That's kind of the top nine or so. Hmm. I think the Bengals is probably the worst bet you can make there. At twelve to one on the Bengals, I don't love that. Yeah, that's not a bet I'm rushing to make. I'd rather bet the Broncos. To be honest, I'm really not running to get a Broncos ticket in. You got to remember, if if that trade did anything, it made a Chiefs ticket less appealing. A Chargers ticket, like that division, is a a bloodbath. Look at the four QBs in there. You got Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. Wow. I didn't even think about that. They can't all get through. And, and you know, people would say, oh, Derek Carr is not that good. Derek Carr is really good. And Oakland, I mean, Las Vegas, they're building a, a decent, you know, they have talent on that roster. So, Tom, that. So let's just, be- let's do this exercise. You say that. That's interesting. The Chiefs. Did not move on their Super Bowl future price. Didn't move. It's been seven fifty. If we go to the division winner, AFC West, Chiefs minus one fifteen, Broncos plus two seventy five, Chargers plus four hundred, and Raiders are nine to one to win the division. I have to think that somewhere in there, there's a bet to be made. Can you repeat those one more time? Chiefs are the favorite at minus 115. Broncos That's are, a joke. Broncos are 275. Chargers are 4 to 1. Raiders are 9 to 1. And I think the Raiders and Chargers are both live. I like, do like too. That division's up for grabs in my opinion. I'm thinking 4 to 1 on the Chargers has got to be a 
decent bet. I need to see the Chargers address the run defense before I could place any futures ticket. Um, there's a lot of links, actually, Tom. The the D tackle from Georgia who just ran like an insane 40. The dude is like 370. He's a monster. I think you know who I'm talking about. He's been linked to the Chargers a lot, but there's still like free agency hasn't even started yet. We don't know how these teams are going to shape. There's still so many moves to be made. The draft has to happen. I would say, you know, it's kind of early to even like it's not early. I should say it's interesting to look at this market before all of that even happens too, you know, because like I said, I think the Raiders have some splashes to make. I think they, they've got money and a new coach that has a good vision for the team. Like maybe that nine to one is valuable now because if they make some moves, you know, but I don't that's know. kind it's, of the point of looking at them early. You kind of nailed it right in the head is like, try to be ahead of what you think might happen in the draft, what might happen in free agency. Like if you took, like we knew Russ was leaving and we knew Broncos were potentially on the list of buyers. So like in high, I mean, of course hindsight is, is 2020 as always, but in hindsight, you're not that surprised to see him go to the Broncos and you kind of find yourself like, I should have taken a closer look at that. Like, Last the last couple of weeks, I should have sat down and looked through it because the Broncos were one of maybe three teams on the list for buying a quarterback like that, you know, getting Aaron Rodgers or getting Russell Wilson. Like there weren't many teams that were really going to do that. And they were one of them. That is true. No doubt. And, you know, anybody who was following the NFL could have foreseen that too, that they were positioning the team to to go grab a QB. But also, again, Tom, I really feel strongly like you can't run to the counter with in that division now. Like, Right, but I'm going to be tough. You could have got the Broncos. You could have got the Broncos at plus. They were probably 9-1. to one. Maybe They were, might even been worse. Like you could have got them before this trade is my point. And now you're sitting on a 9-1 to one ticket with the Broncos. To win the division. What's an interesting bet to me, Tom, would be the Broncos not to make the playoffs. Hmm. I, I'd just be curious if that was out there anywhere because with the swing that had, like where there's often not value on one side, there's a ton of value on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Again, it's early, but no, it's things, to, things to think about. Interesting thought. Um, they won't, that kind of thing probably won't be posted for a little, maybe somewhere far off has stuff like that. I'm not sure. Um, all right, let's get our last bit of NFL news, which is something I really wanted to talk about today is Calvin Ridley is suspended for an entire year, a full calendar year from the NFL for gambling on, on the NFL in Florida for the, I don't know, split second that that the Hard Rock Casino app was open in Florida before it got taken back down. It wasn't literally a split second, but it was a very short amount of time, a few weeks. He made his way to Florida, placed what he says on Twitter is $1,500 worth of bets. I don't have a gambling problem. And he is suspended for an entire year after being on uh, leave from the team for mental health issues walks away from the game for mental health do you have any quick thoughts we got about five minutes less than five minutes three minutes on this ricky do you have any uh initial thoughts with this whole scenario i do and i think you're gonna hate this tom and i know it was a stupid thing to do like stupid is an understatement you know everybody knows that gambling and being a professional athlete, especially in like the NFL and stuff, is there's a fine line there. You know, we learned from Pete Rose, for God's sake, but I think it was harsh for $1,500 worth of bets to now cost this player $11 million next year. 
You're going to put him away from football, which is not good for him. You know, he's already dealing with some other stuff. Not that I don't think a punishment is necessary. I just sometimes wonder if, like, it's really going to create the best outcome for the individual in the league. Like, you got guys that have had domestic abuse stuff, you know, hit their wives and stuff that are serving less time in a suspension than a guy who, who placed a fucking parlay. You know, on his team to win, granted, too. If he was, like, fading his team or doing, like, player props, something sketchy, it'd be one thing. But it sounded like a pretty innocent, as innocent as this could be, being as it was incredibly stupid. But, man, I would have liked to see him get, like, a four-game suspension and not a full year. I, I'm curious of your thoughts on this, though, Tom. I am very strongly the other way. I thought I think he may not even get reinstated next year. I think that's how serious this is because as Roger Goodell, you cannot allow anyone associated with your league to be doing this kind of activity. You just cannot allow it. It can't happen. And you have to set the precedence for that. Now, this is different than it's ever been in history. There's more legalized, regulated sports books than ever before. And how this came about is the Hard Rock, they actually reached out to the NFL and say, hey, we had a gentleman, Calvin Ridley, sign up on our sports book and place some bets. Do with that what you will, but I'm giving you the information. This is what happened. So he used his real social security, like all yeah. that. He just yep. signed up as Calvin Ridley. Yep. And this should make you feel really good that if a player is signing up on these books, like we have, people always talk about, oh, sports are rigged. I think it's a joke. But this is a perfect example as to why I do think it's a joke is the book literally ratted him out. That's a wild twist that I didn't know. The book ratted him out, gave his name to the NFL and said, yep, here's his tickets. Here's his name. Here's his ID. Here you go. And they acted harshly, the NFL and Roger Goodell. And I, I like that. Now, you can't wait, compare Wait, wait, wait. You like that? See, I hate that. What, if the you're year? the hard rock, suspend his account and no. fucking hush about you it. You have Don't to. Don't ruin his You have to. Because, look, this is – you have to because it's the integrity of the game – it should make us feel really, really good that this happened. For the, all the people that say things are rigged all the time, oh, it's rigged, oh, it, this guy, like he's probably betting on the other team, he dropped that pass. This should make you feel really good about that. I can't argue that, that the integrity of the game is most important. And if you and don't have that, you don't have anything. Compromise that. He did compromise that, but... And I, I, he didn't have an impact like these. These I think doesn't he matter. Like five it doesn't team parlays. He did. I don't. But it um, doesn't just, matter because you can't say okay. You can only players can bet, but they can't bet on their teams, and they can't bet on the other team. And it just get. It's just a. You can't. There's no way. And the conversation about oh the domestic abuse cases of Ray Rice and the rest of them that got shorter times. This is a totally different conversation. Did Roger Goodell did Roger Goodell mess that up badly? And that's putting it nicely. Yes, 100%. He none of those domestic abuse cases did he handle properly. No, not a single not any of the three that come to mind. But that doesn't mean he has to mess this one up too. You well, get what I'm saying? Tom, I do, and I don't disagree, but like I think he's he's messed a lot of things up. Look at a guy like Josh Gordon, for example. Who, yes, that was the other one I was thinking his of. His entire career for for marijuana, and now you're the players are allowed to smoke. Like, <laughs> I know, but I, I don't you know. can't you can't use know. the best. Gambling is different. I agree with you there. But you just can't use no matter what it was, even if it was weed again or a uh, domestic abuse. Like you can't use previous decisions that were wrong, blatantly wrong, that everyone has criticized him for. You can't use that as a precedent to make another bad decision. Like, you need to move forward. And that's what I feel like he did here. 
Now, the last thing I'll say about this, and this is a problem. Why is it that Calvin Ridley was immediately suspended, immediately investigated and suspended? But in the Brian Flores case, we can't get an answer on what actually happened. Why is that taking months, and why is Calvin Ridley suspended in four hours? I'll literally tell you why. Because the owner of the Dolphins has the most powerful legal team on the planet behind him protecting this situation. And it's literally the difference in this is poor. Like this is a, I feel bad for Calvin Ridley because he's just a, he's, I don't want to call him a victim because he's, you know, he, he did the crime here. He's but just a guy. Like He's just a guy at the end of the day. Guy, he's just a guy up against a really, really big thing. And they are throwing the book at him in order to prove a point, which like you said, probably needs to be proved, unfortunately, you know, to, to set this straight right out of the gate that you guys cannot gamble period you know 100% agree and in the case of Stephen Ross I guess I suppose you're right but it just is really eye-opening when you look at you know like what's worse like I thought about this I thought about this a lot is what do I think is really worse like Ridley betting on games and like potentially players betting on on or against themselves whatever Mm mm-hmm or the fact that Steven Ross literally told Brian Flores, I will pay you 100 G per loss. Please go lose football games. Like that to me is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I will pay you $100,000 to go lose every game that you lose. Is that not this, the same I, negative uh, impact as players gambling? Is it even worse? I believe that's terms for get the fuck out of this league and never come back. Oh, Literally, he, if they to prove pay it, he will be to out. Lose. That's different, Tom, than get than betting a five team parlay on your team to win, having some fun with pizza money for this guy is different than paying an NFL head coach a hundred grand per loss to rig a draft, essentially, so you get the player you want. That is that's that's dirty. You know, like that's to me, that's criminal. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll leave it. I hate to break it to you. This is the last thing we'll say on it is if you think this is an isolated incident with Brian Flores and Stephen Ross, I'm afraid you're dead wrong. I'll leave you with that to, to think about. I think and I'll leave you wrong. with this on that, Tom. That might be part of the reason why this is hush hush, because it wouldn't be good for the league if things like this start coming out. No doubt. No doubt. Um, okay. Thank you for entertaining me with this conversation. That was one I really wanted to talk about because I was very passionate about how I felt. And I, I really wanted to come on here and talk about it. I know it's not necessarily, you know, betting related all the way, but um, my rooting in this was, was all uh, just sports talk, right? Back in the day at the college station. It was all sports talk, so um, that was the kind of stuff we may argue about and debate a little bit. So, brings me back, brings me back. Love it. Should, um, we, should we get into a little golf? Golf. Golf and tennis is what we're going to have today. Golf, of course, we'll start there. TPC Sawgrass, the Players' Championship, just a fantastic tournament. The Fifth biggest, if you will, uh, that these guys play. The course is tough. A couple years ago in 2019, they moved this tournament from May to March. They moved it up in the schedule. What does that do? It's wet. It's soft. It plays longer. And it's really, really hard. If I can leave you with a few things to think about. This course is going to be brutal this week. What's going to make the difference if you're modeling and you're trying to figure out what your weights are, if you're working on that kind of stuff, what really matters, it's almost an even, I have this almost set even across the board, like across the categories that I use. 
off the tee, approach, around the green, putting. It's practically even. Maybe if I got something for you to pull from the model, Tom. Sure. So just real quick, um, a little stat on this on this event in this course. Nearly everyone who wins is inside the top ten in greens hit for the weekend, the event. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can weave that into the model or see who's previously or who's who's you know really good in terms of greens hit. But that's a very key met- metric to avoiding trouble on this course. And that's going to come in, you know, that's going to come in with your approach shot skiing around um, approach is where you're going to get some of that. Okay. Um, some of that data. So that's my heaviest weighted thing this week is approach, then off the tee, then around the green, then putting. Um. Yes, there's a lot of, you know, it's a Pete Dye course. There's a lot of correlated courses to look at. The Pete Dye ones are tough. There's just a lot of people that play well on those, and, and they're just so difficult. And um, there are certainly in golf stats like you, the one you just shared that I feel like are valuable as you start to look at this. Also, a lot of water here, Tom. This is one of the... Uh, the courses we see the most water shots on tour. Two hundred and eighty-eight balls got wet last year. Yeah, there's hazards everywhere you look. Sixty-six of those came on the seventeenth hole. That seems to be the the real one that that gives people trouble. But a lot of water. So who am I playing this week? You ask. Um, I posted this on Twitter. It's at get steady picks and my Twitter at Tom long 36. I took a screenshot as I have the last few weeks of the top, like 20 or so of my, the guys that show up at top of the model sent that, um, sent that on Twitter. So it's there to look at if you want to refer to it while I'm going through it right now. The biggest takeaway that I have a couple of guys that I really, really like. And a couple of things I looked at when I was looking through the model is, you know, last week I added the tournament history. So the last four years, how the player has done at the specific tournament. And one of the things that's really important here is all of a lot of the winners that win here have had a top 25 on this course in the last handful of years. So I really looked through the tournament history and tried to eliminate guys that maybe haven't made a cut in a cut in two years or guys that just don't play well over the last two years or three years to do some of that. So the guys I ended up coming out with that I think are the best to consider this week are guys like Adam Scott at 50 to one. 48th, 12th, and 11th at this tournament. His last five, just in general, this year are very good. He's made the cut in all five, three top tens. Adam Scott is ready to break through and win a tournament. Tom Hoagie is my long shot at like 130 to 1. He's done well here in the last three years, he's always made the cut. And he's playing really good golf. Matthew Fitzpatrick may be my favorite play. I have two like towards the top of the board. Matthew Fitzpatrick at like 40 to 1. He had he was uh tied for ninth. Last Let's pause year. on him for a second, Tom, because this is one of my bets too. Okay. I've been betting Matthew Fitzpatrick in the top 20 the last couple of events, and he's cashed each time I, I bet him. I think he's got five in a row at the minimum. Top 10 at Phoenix, tied for sixth at Pebble, tied for ninth last week. He's been just playing. He's, he's really consistent, and strokes gained total, second time, uh, seventh strokes gained tee to green. Like all the things you look for on these tough courses, he checks those boxes. Certainly does. Certainly does. What you really like here is 
Yeah, last year tied for ninth at this tournament, and his last five, he's been inside the top twenty in the last five round, last five tournaments. So he is playing outstanding golf right now, and to get him at like a forty to one number is absurd. So you going with a, a to win bet on him? I am, I am. Like it. I've got a lot of play. Like I've got a lot of plays this week. I'll have to figure out how to post these because. The web guy is going to kill me if I show up with this stack of tickets to post. <laughs> Tom always has like 15 picks. You got to hey, diversify in these things. If you like them, you like them. I get it. Because if I know if I don't send them all, the one I don't send will win. That's just how that's going to go. So I feel like obligated to send every single one. I'm telling you, since I've been cutting it down, Tom, I've been doing better. But then again, I haven't been picking any outright winners, and I've been doing better as well. So I'm, that always I'm helps. Yeah, I'm staying away from winners until this uh, the streak ends. Maybe then I'll start firing again. I have seven winners. I picked seven guys to win, and I'll just rattle them off here. Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, Tom Hoagie, Matt Fitzpatrick. The biggest sleeper that I like for the price, Sergio Garcia, 66 to 1. Really liking that play. Justin Thomas, the leader or the favorite, I should say. And Billy Horschel, 40 to 1. Those are the seven outrights I have. And Good again, Billy Horschel. It's seven outrights for a total of one unit, is kind of what I what I've decided to do. So no top ten or top twenties. You going all outrights? Um, I do have, I do have some other stuff. No top ten or twenties, but just some head to heads and some other things. I want to talk to you about three or four guys quickly here, Tom. Just sure. run through, get your thoughts. All right, first one, Rory McIlroy. He's been tough to put your finger on. He won in 2019, then missed the cut. He's been pretty good on Florida courses throughout his career. Played good last week. Do you, do you like Rory at all in this event? No. Uh, not for the price. 18-1-ish is just not correct. I mean, okay. man, could he win? Of course. He's very good. And he's been playing well. But, you know, he's got two cuts in the last four um times playing this tournament so he's not you know invincible to being cut out of the out of the field um his numbers like on this course are not very good like his strokes gained adjustment adjusted number is negative one of the only ones negative in the top you know 20 guys you know what he's really good at though which is important on this course if you're not hitting greens, is scrambling. And Rory's uh, top five, we'll say, scrambler on tour. It's, it's, you know, so if it's not going well for anyone out there, Rory tends to thrive in those situations. But I'm with you, Tom. So so no stake in Rory for you. No, not Next for me. I want to ask you about is I Victor almost bet him to miss the cut more so than do anything good just for that. So, so your fade, your team fade, Rory. All right, Victor Hovland, though, Tom, probably the hottest player on tour right now. Um, no, I didn't decide to back him either. Just the numbers that I have, his around the green numbers are just laughably bad at this point. Um, and because of that, you know, that weighs a heavy a heavy hand here. Fairly heavy-handed, this course. It's a tough course, and you can't really be bad at anything. You've kind of got to be average to good, and you can't really have a big gaping hole in your game like that. Um, he played here last year and missed the cut. Another guy I looked at, like, potentially playing to miss the cut again, as crazy as that sounds, but... So here's the thing about that, and I wanted to ask you about this. He, he only played at the players once, and he missed the cut, Victor Hovland. I mean, yeah. granted, he, he wasn't the hottest player on the planet at that time, but, yeah. you know, he, he missed the cut in his only time 
um, at this tournament. So I don't think that would be crazy, and I think you'd get a really nice number on that. Oh, yeah, it's like 4-1 to one or something for him to miss the cut. Two more guys, Tom, that I want to make it through here. Scotty Scheffler, big win last week. Again, maybe maybe he's the hottest player on tour, actually, but um, he's he's really showed that he can perform well on these Florida courses despite being a, a Texas guy. I have him, um, he's second on my list. And I didn't play him because I just thought there was more value in like Fitzpatrick, who's third on my list, and get, you know, a lot more value for. He's a guy, yeah, two first place finishes in the last three weeks. I mean, he's he's got to be the hottest guy on tour. But same story for him. Only played here once in the last four years. And was cut. That's not somebody I'm looking to back at a course like this that is so difficult and so hard. Like for you to only play two rounds here in the last five years or ever is not really very good. Like, you know what I mean? And it's going to be wet. It's going to be slow. It's going to be long. Approach shots are important. Like, Everything that a golfer's nightmare out there. And for a guy that has never played the course for two rounds, I just don't know if I, I'm interested in that. Yeah. He was the, another the guy thing. like potentially I mean, bet to miss the cut. It's, it's just funny in golf. Like how often do you see a guy win two events in a row? Like almost never. It is so rare. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not on uh, Scheffler this week. But the last guy I wanted to talk to you about, Tom, was actually John Rahm because I think that we finally found the kryptonite of John Rahm, which is Florida. He, he just doesn't mm-hmm. – I mean, he doesn't play bad in Florida, but he doesn't win here. You know, his putting is significantly worse for some reason on these Florida courses. Um, is this a guy that you're – you know, you're, you're fading potentially. I'll never fade. John Rahm is the single golfer. I will never fade because you just look at what's that. You mean never bet or never fade. I will never fade him. Really? He is the best golfer in the world. He is the number one best golfer in the world. You look at his trending, his last five rounds, his worst finish is 21st tied for 21st you look at his history at this course last year ninth year before that 12th has never missed hasn't missed a cut here in four years so like you just talk about mr consistent and like uh, he's just too good to fade in any meaningful way like i cannot bet him but i can't bet for him to be bad i hear that and to elaborate on one thing you just gave. So 2017, he comes in 72nd here. Yep. The following year, he improves to 63rd. Mm-hmm. The following year, 12th. The following year, 9th. So if he continues on this pattern, he's either cracking the top 10 or winning this damn thing this time around. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw a little ticket on John Rahm to win. A small, you know, half unit, quarter unit bet. I'll shop it after the show, but... You actually just sold me on him, Tom. I wasn't trying to. Because I, I don't think he's a good bet. At his he's number. the Chiefs. We've talked about this. He's the Chiefs of golf. Yeah, I, that's a fair comparison. It's a very fair comparison to make. Um. Okay, I don't hate it. Like, I can't ever get mad at it back in John Rahm. I mean, he's incredible, but... For the value, I'm not sure it's it's the best play to make this week. I hear you. Other plays I've made. Yep. This isn't going to be a tough card, betting card that I put together when I was placing all these. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because I don't have a lot of like even money plays out there. My one-unit play, play, only one one-unit play, and that's Chris Kirk in a head-to-head against Gary Woodland. 
And I know Gary Woodland was in contention last week, and he just absolutely fell apart, right? Mm-hmm. Couldn't get it out of the bunker, like took him three times, whatever. I've got uh, I've got him really, really low on my list this week. Like Gary Woodland is is really low. He's missed the cut here twice in the last four years. His strokes gained adjustment on this course is bad. Almost a point one negative adjusted strokes gained on this course. I know he's got two top fives in his last, you know, in his last five tournaments, but he also has two cuts and a tie for 39th. I think he's due to have a poor round. And when you look at Chris Kirk, he's been playing much, much better and more consistently. He's never missed a cut here at this course. So really what I'm looking for is Woodland to just miss the cut and then Chris Kirk can do whatever whatever he his heart desires. Hey. He he played well for you last week, Tom. That was one of your bets that I didn't even wasn't really familiar with Kirk. I was like, who who is Tom betting on now? Kirk. Where did he <laughs> find this guy? And it cashed. Uh nice yeah. So hey, ride the momentum. So that's minus a dollar twenty five in a matchup against Woodland. Um, Quickly, the other plays I made, Patrick Cantlay to miss the cut, plus 250. Xander Shoffley to miss the cut, plus 250 as well. You got to take some shots on these. I think, you know, most people just want to bet the yes on this. You know, will he make the cut? Yes. I'm going no. These guys don't these guys miss cuts. Like people think that these guys are invincible to missing cuts, and that's just not you know, it's not true. Cantley's hot this year. He's he's I know. He I, hasn't I, been missing many cuts, but I like take a flyer. I he's like he's missed it, the cut here the last two seat years, and so has Xander Shoffley. Both have missed really? the cut the last two years. You should have led with that. <laughs> I was saving it. <laughs> Um, Matt Fitzpatrick, top Englishman, plus 250. Uh, top South African. This is like to beat Louis Oosthuizen, really, is what you're looking for. That's Eric Van Royen at th- plus 350. I showed a lot of value on that just based on where they are on my list. And finally, Martin Laird. In a, this is the, technically the top Scottish player but it's really a head-to-head because there's only two of them. Martin Laird against Russell Knox. It's a lot of picks. It's a lot of picks. Um, Tom, I just noticed that you know we're probably running pretty low on Tom. Can I fire one college basketball bet that's today? Yeah, please. Uh, quick. Okay. Guys, Arizona State. It's playing Stanford today, and I have to get this angle out here. This Stanford team sucks. They're 0-5 straight up in their last five games. I've watched like four of those five games. They looked like complete dog shit out there. One of their actually their very last game was against ASU. ASU won by like 10. It was a no-sweat game. But I'm telling you guys, this Arizona State basketball team. I think they're seven and one straight up in their last eight games with wins against top 10 teams in the country. But the thing is, Tom, they had so many injuries early in the season that they, their season just started off like shit, but they've been everything people thought they were going to be since I'm grabbing them on the money line here. It should be around like minus 160, minus 170 most. Um, but this, this is just a red hot team with a ton of momentum that's playing really well facing a team that the wheels have come off the bus. I mean, granted, now that I'm saying this, Stanford's going to play the best game of the year. But even with that, Sun Devils all day here, Tom. All day. This is a strong bet. I'll be on it for more than a unit. Okay. And I don't see a money line price quite that good. So shop that around a little bit. I see 170, like two, minus 172 as the best money line price. Because the line's oh, consensus three and a half this. or four. Yeah. He's open last night and 
should have locked him in. I'll, I'll, I'll shop right after the show and get the best number I can for anyone who wants to ride it. But uh, that's good. It's, it's, it, it's moving our way. You yep. know, yep. the money's coming in on, on ASU. And I have a bunch of tennis plays, but I suppose I'll just get them posted. Starts at like 11 a.m. this morning, Eastern time. 11 a.m. goes all through the night. There's got to be 50 matches. It's absurd. We'll get all the, we'll, I'll call our web guy, make sure everything's up very early today. So let's fire all those picks over, Tom. And oh, poor guy. I'm going to have to bring him a coffee or something. Man, my man's doing a lot of work. Favorite of the bunch, though, if you only hear one of these, Diana Yastremska, minus 145 at 9 p.m. tonight. Oh. By the way, you yawn or whatever, you damn two-unit uh, loss. Yeah, I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, it's Sorry. the first two-unit loss in, I don't know, a year. Probably, like, actually a calendar year. All good streaks come to an end, Tom. It was upsetting, and he got crushed too. So my numbers were just uh, not on that one. It feels like my the numbers I have struggle with the lower level players, whereas where I should be finding the most value, but maybe just the sample size of data I have is so small that it's not capturing. It may be an adjustment we need to make. All right, did it? Did it? Didn't want to, you know. Tennis picks have been good. Just just wanted to let you know. No, I don't think they have been, Ricky. I think we've been on a tiny bit of a slide. Oof. It's all right. Well, it's all right. You got to get the tennis crew rolling. Get the crowd behind you, and things will turn. It's a big tournament, so we'll uh, we'll get it back together. Um, okay. Steady Picks Radio, Wake Up and Wager. Big episode today. Thank you for listening. Um, later today, stay tuned for a really cool golf episode. Stay tuned for it. It'll be really great. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck with all your plays today and tonight and this week. We'll talk to you tomorrow.